Hello, everyone. Welcome back into the Brand Banner podcast here with your hosts, Jack Carlson and Luke Pajinski. Uh, so this week, we're super excited to welcome on John Williamson, who's an award-winning creative director known for his great work on avocados from Mexico, Capital One, and uh, really most recognizable recently, Popeyes. Uh, John works at an agency in Austin, Texas uh, called GSD&M. And so we're really looking forward to um, jumping in here with John. So I guess just get into it, John. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday night? I'm doing good, Jack. How, how are y'all? Both you too, Luke. How's it going? Yeah, good. Can't complain. How's uh? <laughs> I, I know you're recording straight from uh, your broom closet. You know, that's, it's like covered under the stairs, Harry Potter style. <laughs> it is exactly unless unless my two year old runs in here at any second and gets me and like knocks me out of here. But yes, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's a good Tuesday and just hot as hell here in, in Austin as usual. So <laughs> yeah, so. We're actually, we're in Chicago. It's 62 degrees here. It looks gorgeous out, but it actually feels like a fall day. So not quite that Austin weather, um, but I'm sure you're melting over there. I'm jealous of that. No, that's, that's <laughs> funny. Like my wife and I met in Chicago, met, met right down oh. the road. Also. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, yeah. So Small wish, world. We were, wish we were up having y'all's weather these days, but yeah. <laughs> so I think our first kind of order of business, kind of a little introduction. I'm really interested to hear a little more about, you know, your journey into advertising and kind of how you got to this point. Um, if you could kind of tell us a little bit uh, more about yourself, how you got into this world of advertising, and then also kind of to where you are now in the agency world. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird, it's a very strange journey. y'all. <laughs> no, no doubt. Um, I started off, um, I went to, uh, for undergrad, I went to the University of Mississippi um, Old Miss, uh, and I got my undergrad in set design for the theater. Um, so I worked on that. I got the degree, and then I went over to Atlanta for four years and was working in that business, uh, designing because I, I love the idea of creating worlds for people, right? Like creating like environments for people. Um, so I did that for four years, set designer, uh, you know, also painting scenery at the same time. And down the road, I realized, you know what, if I'm actually going to make any money in my life, this is not the way to do this. <laughs> it's just like, it's not, it's, I, I, and I hate it because I love set design. I love theater. Um, but we, as we all know, the, the arts are always underfunded um, across the board and that just sucks. So, you know, when I was thinking through it, uh, I'd always thought about advertising as, as sort of a, a business path, um, did a little more research about it. And looked around in, you know, in my area, obviously I was living in Atlanta and there's, there's a couple, there was a couple of great schools already there, right? You got Portfolio Center you got, uh, you know, you got Creative Circus. Uh, but I felt like I had already spent my time in Atlanta. So I decided to go to, uh, to look at Texas, look at, look at, uh, look at Austin and see, and UT has got a great program, um, getting into Texas Creative. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go do that. So I came over to Austin and at the time, Austin was not what the Austin is now. It's not the Austin mm. that has got the Googles and the Facebooks and the Elon Musk opening, you know, oh, yeah. the Tesla plant, right? That's already, that's happening here. It was, at the time, it was still sort of like the South by Southwest, ACL Fest, that kind of thing. Um, so it was just on the verge of becoming what it was or what, what, it, ha what it has become. And so it was, it seemed like a cool, cool thing to do. So I came over. Uh, went to UT, went to the Texas Creative Program and got 
uh, my grad degree, met my now fabulous partner, Lee Brown, copywriter partner, um, and came out of school and just started working, started working in the business and loved every second of it. And realize that that's exactly where I needed to be once I got out of school. It's, a, it's great. It, it sounds like you really got a lot of transferable experience um, from the theater side, moving into the kind of creative and production side in advertising. So what a saving grace that was for you to be able to kind of make that change and get into school and kind of combine both those experiences to give you that unique perspective. Yeah, no, exactly. Jack. I mean, it's, that, that was the thing is like, like I said, originally, it's I what I loved about being in the set design world is I loved creating environments and worlds for people, things people can actually enjoy and be a part of. Advertising is no different, right? Like it, it is mm-hmm. exactly the same thing where we are always day-to-day creating an experience, an environment for people that are either watching an ad or going or looking at other things as far as social, or if we're in, you know, an activation world, whatever it is. Uh, it's all creating an environment for them, which worked completely well with what my uh, previous experiences were. Great. And so now just jumping into it, I know probably the reason why everyone's here today is to hear more about um, your experience with working on Popeyes. Uh, obviously, Popeyes, as you kind of touched on before this, is a, was a struggling brand per se, not necessarily relevant. And sounds like that uh, your creative team really just kind of built it up over the years for really one shining moment with the whole chicken war. So I guess really to just get started and dive right into it. Um, can you just walk us through kind of uh, where Popeye sat in 2016 and, and how you were able to kind of build them up into this level of prominence? Yeah, absolutely. So, in, in, you know, in 2016, Popeye's, while it was still known, right, it was it was known mm-hmm. by, by a, a good group of people, it wasn't known worldwide or it wasn't known across the board as far as 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 people in 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 the nation so what we wanted to do was build that awareness across the board as far as being a national brand um so we started to do these like sort of like small hits along the way that kind of led us up to that chicken wars kind of status so there's a few things along the way that we did um and i'll just name a few of them which was things like 12-hour drive-through Emotional support chicken, the wingspan box, which was like getting, you know, Zion Williamson uh, to be, you know, as he's being drafted by the New Orleans Pelicans and selling, you know, like literally his wingspan full of chicken, you know, uh, getting all of that. And I can definitely talk about all of these in depth, but what we wanted to do was just to make sure that that curve kept going up and up and up as we got to you know, the, what the brand actually was standing for, which was being a national brand. And all of a sudden when when chicken wars hit, that was it. Like the fact that from 2016, people not knowing exactly what the brand was all the way up to chicken wars, how it all grew when that chicken wars, you know, tweet went down the y'all good tweet. Mm -hmm. uh, Everybody was like, okay, now I didn't know it. And all of a sudden when people are trying to get chicken sandwiches, there's 8 billion impressions across the internet trying to figure out what, you know, what it is, how do I get a sandwich, you know, all this kind of stuff happening at one time. How do I get a sandwich? And then nobody can get right. a sandwich, Exactly. Which, which is the best case scenario that you could, you could possibly ever ask for. I know you yeah. mentioned, you know, you kind of had this, this master plan and it kind of got, you know, rose to a head with this perfect storm with the tweet, but you know, along the way, I know you kind of touched on that there were a lot of little activations that kind of built up 
status over time. Do you have any favorite individual activations and any stories behind that? You know, I think like listening back to, you know, or thinking back to Zion Williamson in his college days and when he got drafted that he was, you know, this massive phenom and just, just such a huge dude. I just wondered to myself, like how much chicken could this guy put down and how big of a wingspan, how many pieces of chicken is that wingspan? It's, it really couldn't have worked out any better as far as a prospect. And if you have any favorites behind that, you know, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I have three. I mean, you, you just, you just hit on one Luke, um, but 12 hour drive through is one of my favorites. I think they really are kind of in categories when you think about the, the three things. So the first one was more of a pillar of what Popeye stand for, which is they have, they, they marinate chicken for 12 hours. And so we wanted to figure out how, how to tell people like, Hey, we're not just a quick, you know, fast, like, Oh my gosh, you know, in the fryer, out of the fryer, in your box kind of thing. We want to tell people that you're actually going to get quality chicken. And so we created a thing called the 12 hour drive through, which we put up a, 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 an ordering board in West Texas. Granted, we are a, a, a Texas <laughs> agency, but it, it helped that we were around, you know, around the corner. Um, but we put up a, an ordering board out in West Texas that was exactly 12 hours from the flagship store of Popeye's in, in New Orleans. So you could drive up to it and you could order your chicken and drive 12 hours along the way. And then once you got there, your chicken was ready for you. And along the way, there were billboards that said, you've, you've driven three hours, only nine more hours to go. You know, you're, you've hit six hours, we're cheering for you. Like, and people were and like, honestly, along the way, we also had Popeye's employees that were kind of, you know, or like around those cities that would come out and hold up signs and said, six hours to go, whatever it is, you know? So uh, that was one of my favorites is like really talking about that, uh, that, that cornerstone for Popeye's about it being a 12 hour marination thing. That's one of my favorites. Another one of my favorites is also trying to dial into the cultural conversation that's going on, which for, for us was emotional support chicken. And that was around the time when, they, when you saw all these news stories, right? About, oh, somebody's bringing an emotional support peacock or penguin or whatever it was. Definitely. Name yeah. your animal, right? <laughs> like a goat on a plane. Um, but it was also around the holidays, which we knew uh, added extra stress to, uh, to the flying process, right? Like, oh, I'm going to have to go see all these uh, relatives that I cannot stand, <laughs> whatever it is, you know? So we thought about it and we're like, well, really, the, the best emotional support chicken is fried chicken. And so we made this, we made this box design uh, that we put in one airport and we thought, and you know, and we sold that one day and people loved it. It was the biggest sales day ever for them. Uh, but it was just getting around that cultural conversation and the cultural calendar of the holidays that really sold it through. So that was another big thing for us. We want to talk, like I said, we want to talk about the, uh, the, the cornerstones of like what Popeye's is but we also want to be a, be a part of the cultural conversation. And the last one is also kind of the same thing around the product, an L, like an LTO, which was wings, like, you know, boneless wings for us, but also getting in the conversation of Zion Williamson getting drafted by the home city of Popeyes, right? So getting, the, getting him involved in, uh, in the wingspan box and, you know, giving away wingspan boxes that are, exactly the, the, you know, his wingspan, 
with fries and and boneless wings and whatever else as far as sides, but giving that away as the like sort of the, the party food for the for the reveal that Zion would be going to New Orleans. So those three are my favorites, uh, just because of of like like I said, like it hit upon a cornerstone for Popeyes, it hit upon a cultural conversation, and it hit upon also what else is going on as far as things in the media with Zion getting drafted, stuff like that. So those are my three favorites. This really leads to my next question, kind of just building off that. And so Popeye's obviously was trying to gain some market share per se. And so these super creative executions um, obviously were successful, but why do you think you really just talk more about why you chose um, more so type of stunts as opposed to just traditional marketing or when a certain brand is maybe kind of lacking in the market share, like why do you need to do creative out of the, out of the box thinking like this? And, and, and how does this, how does this help bring the brand to life? Yeah. I mean, great question. I think, honestly, I think we're in that stage of our, of, of advertising and also how society is going where it feels like it's more about, connecting right with somebody than it is about preaching to them that's that's kind of where i see things we, we don't want to be sitting down down in a in a in a pew and being preached to by somebody we want to be part of the choir i use that analogy a lot right and that means not only us as creatives and an agency it also means the consumer and also means the client like all three of us have to be one group of people and that will connect all of us together. And I don't, and I don't think that traditional advertising does that. I think more in the earned media space is really where people are playing more these days and what actually feels better to make people see like, ah, now I connect with that brand. I actually feel like that feels good as a consumer. They get me more. Right. So there's a lot of that, 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 that feels more of, of, you know, going down the road together as we all kind of hold hands as, consumer, client, agency, all that kind of, kind of works together. Um, we always talk about, you know, giving A and C and leaving room for B for the consumer. Once they understand, because they can figure that out, right? They, they'll get in, they'll, they'll, they can be part of the joke, get, get to be part of the ad. And once they do that, they feel like they've been part of actually creating it. And that helps them immensely enjoy and feel endearing with the brand kind of working with Popeyes. I mean, what, what's that relationship like in terms of just creating this brand strategy and what were the competitors like Chick-fil-A? And I mean, I guess now we have someone, so many more chicken sandwiches, but back then I'm guessing obviously the main competitor was Chick-fil-A. So really like, how are you kind of countering them to really just find a place, you know, in this, in this category? I mean, that's, it was, it's funny, Jack, you, you bring that up because you're right. Like ever since that all went down, ever mm-hmm. since like the all good and the chicken sandwich were down there, it's been like 25 extra sandwiches that have come on the market. I don't, I can't remember the number exactly, but yeah. it's been amazing how many competitors have come out of the, out of the woodworks to, uh, to challenge the, the, the Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, it was the best part about working with Popeye's was that uh, we, we all became sort of like we just became friends we just we mm-hmm. honestly had a text chain uh we called it code orange because popeyes is orange uh and we just we would text back and forth that's how y'all get happened i mean honestly god like that like we we saw and, and if you remember there was the the text from chick-fil-a uh that came out and we were all on the text chain we always did this with client 
with you know one of their lawyers, with all with our social strategy people, with creatives, whoever it was, all in this one text chain. And they came out with that with their tweet. And after, like we said, after we had done 12 hour, after we had done emotional support chicken, we were primed to do something that was going to be like, okay, now let's do something. Oh my God, holy shit. Here we go. You know? Yeah. And uh we all and we saw that tweet come out from Chick-fil-A. And uh, I honestly do not remember who even came up with a tweet, but somebody tweeted, what if we just tweet back, y'all good? <laughs> and we're like, yes, yes, let's just tweet that back. And we did it and that was it. Like, so I guess when I'm, I, that's all to say, like that's that to me is sort of the new structure of how agencies and clients uh, and all of us were gonna work together is where we just have to like let go of the old way of communicating. We just have to be like, I'm going to text you. Hey, what do you think about this? Are you cool if I, if I send this out in the social world? Yes, absolutely. Like that's the structure we're, we all have to work with now because in my experience, that has always been the way to create great work, award-winning work, anything like that. And that's how y'all get happened. So just like flow with it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know, don't overthink it. Don't you know, worry about like, how is this going to be perceived? Is it, you know, not enough? Is it too much? Is it too slangy or something? I mean, you can't have possibly, you know, thought that it was going to kickstart the whirlwind that it did, right? There's no way. Oh, no, look, not at all. (laughs) No, honestly, we had like, and like behind the curtain, we had an entire campaign ready to go for the chicken sandwich. Like, not at all what we thought it was going to be. (laughs) We had done you know, months and months and months of work. And then this tweet comes out from Chick-fil-A and we respond with y'all good. And it's like, well, here we go. <laughs> so you just see so you scrap months just, of work because of a all, tweet. All gone, all gone. Yeah, it was just- so and, Do, you, do you resent Twitter then because of that? I hate it, I hate it. No, <laughs> I, no I, honestly, no, it was, it was the best thing we've ever done. It was the absolutely the best thing we've ever done to respond to that. Because again, like we, we always talk about the cultural, you know, conversation versus the cultural calendar. That was the cultural conversation that needed to happen at that moment. And it, it totally worked out for Popeye's. It worked out for us. It worked for the chicken sandwich to, I mean, that it just, it's, we've never seen something like that just blow up. So it was perfect. Yeah. And John, don't want to steal your thunder here, but just so our listeners are aware. So basically Popeye's and correct me on anything if I'm wrong, but in the fall of 2019, Popeye's was going set to launch uh, the chicken sandwich. And then, Chick-fil-A basically clapped back at it with um, a tweet and then Popeye's replied, y'all good. Um, Is that pretty much what went down? That's pretty much it. Yeah. And so what happened then was, you know, everybody saw that people Mm -hmm. that were, that were, you know, on social network saw that and decided, you know what, I'm going to go try this chicken sandwich like crazy. And we sold out. I, I can't honestly remember Jack, how fast Popeye sold out of it. But it was, it was pretty great to the point where we had to run another campaign called BYOB. Right. It was, it was about, hey, we don't have the chicken sandwich. If you want to bring your own bread, BYOB, and we, we have chicken tenders, you can have those on your sandwich if you want to, but we're out of the chicken sandwich. And it just, it was, in, it was an absolute firestorm of how fast that happened. I believe it was. Popeye sold out a 10 week supply of the chicken sandwiches in eight days. Yeah. And it's the craziest thing. 
Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, lines around the block every yep. place you went. It was impossible, you know. So and for this Popeyes tweet, I have it pulled up. So there were seventy five point five thousand retweets, almost nine thousand quote tweets, and then two hundred and ninety k likes. And this is almost three years old. So there's probably even more than that on deactivated accounts now. Yeah, it was. I mean, like like I said, it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing for something like that. Uh, the fact that two words did all of that is, it's crazy. I mean, you just don't, you don't hear about that in, in the advertising world. Right. Um, it's a dream. It's a dream. It's absolutely a dream. And it, and it but it, it, the fact that it did all of that is, is amazing. Um, but Fever it, dream. It, it woke, we, and we woke up every, I mean, honestly, we woke up every day. My partner Lee and I woke up every day. Like think when we thought about it, it's like, okay, what's going to happen today around the chicken sandwich? Like that's, that's kind of how it, how it happened because every day was going to be something new. It's going to be a new story. It was going to be a new tweet from somebody. It was going to be a new whatever. Right. So the, the whole y'all good. Yeah. Chicken wars thing was it, an amazing experience a crazy experience, but something that happens, like we said, once in a lifetime, what was your team and you personally feeling when you just see Popeye's, I mean, all over the news on Jimmy Kimmel on all these shows and just celebrities posting about it, just not even as a sponsored ad. I mean, what was that like just for you personally um, to see all that? I, absolutely surreal. I mean, there, there's no there's no really way to describe the fact that what you're working on right now is being covered by pretty much every single you know major news press in in the nation. Um, <laughs> have, having people on CNN being like, "This is this is just a chicken sandwich. Why are we talking about this?" But they're talking about it. That's the that's the thing, right? So, and having celebrities talk about it. I mean, we sent you know, Dwayne Wade got, uh, we sent him three sandwiches or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I mean, having him cover it, having like all across the news, there was so many people, um, that were just thinking like, just, you know, enjoying the sandwich, figuring out like, oh my gosh, like this is just off the charts. The fact that we're talking about a chicken sandwich and created something called the hashtag chicken wars. Like we, like never in a million years do we think we create an actual war around chicken sandwiches, but we did. And it was fantastic. So I feel like Wendy's jumped in then. I think they clapped back at you or Chick-fil-A. I mean, I think this really started the whole fast food gang, like bringing out their voice on Twitter and becoming these characters and brands. Um, yeah. Do you remember any of those specific stories? I, I, Cause I remember seeing it, but it's hard you know, uh, to remember specifics. Yeah, Jack, you know, honestly, I don't, I mean, it was so like, there were so many rounds of everything. Yeah. I don't remember exactly everything that went down. I do remember Wendy's clocking back, but I think, you know, really it was just like at this point, Popeye's is kind of one. So we're going to just kind of ignore, <laughs> ignore it a little bit um, and just, and just kind of roll with it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it was just, it was, you know, we, we didn't, honestly, we didn't have time to, to think about another competitor at this point. We just wanted to keep pushing the ball down the road for Popeye's. And so that's what we did. Right. So we, we did the, the, you know, when we sold out, we did the BYOB thing. Mm -hmm. When we came back, we did a big activation thing in Los Angeles too. And in New York too, where we, where we actually delivered sandwiches in trucks to people to know that, that it, that it was back. So once we actually had the conversation on our side of things, we didn't worry about other conversations. We wanted to just keep pushing it further and further. It's a crazy thing to think about. You know, I, I was just thinking, I was like, what a, what a world where a team can have a meeting about like a tweet from another brand. Like let's sync up about, you know, a Wendy's 
like reply tweet and see what we want to respond back because you know it was like the cornerstone and what started it all is twitter so you kind of got to keep it going but you know it sounds like you weren't super you know worried about that per se with all going back to you know all the media coverage and all kind of the earned media with that can you remember like what the craziest thing was that you saw around like the Popeyes slash like chicken wars craze? Like what was the like, holy shit, like we were on like X or we were covered by, you know, X celebrity or, you know, I know you mentioned you sent some to Dwayne Wade, but did you ever have like any sort of holy shit moment? Oh yeah. I mean, there's, God, there's so many Luke. That's a great question, but yeah, it's, I mean, we, I mean, first of all, just the lines that, uh, we're out, I mean, you know, down the road for miles and miles to try to get a chicken sandwich and nobody getting anything or people trying to cut in line and, and like literally wrecking their cars to do that. But also, I mean, the Obamas were also involved. Mm-hmm. We had a, we had a guy that used the line uh, at Popeye's to uh, register people to vote. And that got the Obamas involved. And it's like, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. Getting people to vote? <laughs> what are you yeah. talking we're using the line around a chicken sandwich to register voters and then the Obamas get involved. Like that is yeah. amazing. Like in that, what world? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Like that is, that, that alone is like, that is modern culture where a chicken sandwich can do that, which is fantastic. So that, that may be the, the biggest one for us. I mean, we, we've got a lot of other things where, I mean, the, like no joke, people were making, you know, Halloween costumes, people were making, like strains of weed around the, <laughs> around the, the chicken sandwich. It's very strange. People were luring people into like uh, strip clubs with uh, like, if you come to a strip club, we'll give you a chicken sandwich. Like it was all like, it, it crawled <laughs> of like everything you can imagine. Uh, the sandwich blew up. It's just, there's no, there's no way to imagine uh, everything all at once that all went down, but it was just like, okay, like I said, every morning it was like, okay, what's happening today around this chicken sandwich? But I, I, I'd probably say that that definitely the the getting vote, getting people to vote, getting people registered to vote, and then having the Obamas chime in was probably at least for me the biggest thing. That that's a huge thing when, especially when a QSR can get behind that, right? Like that's that's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, I think for, for the audience, you know, I, some of the bigger ones that I noticed, or maybe not bigger, but maybe more noteworthy, kind of weird things that I saw were that. Um, a Tennessee man was suing Popeye's for selling out of the sandwich. I assume he lost. I think I was watching the reel from, you know, your creative website. Um, And I just saw that I I didn't have time to necessarily look into whether or not he lost, but I assume he lost. And then also that CNN put hurricane news in the corner of a screen while Popeye's was the main story, which is an obscene thing in and of itself. But, you know, just, it just shows the magnitude of how big this thing got. And I don't think like, you know, when we look back in like five or 10 years, I don't even know that it can encapsulate the scale of how big this thing really got and how all encompassing it was across every media outlet and every different, you know, walk of life kind of thing. It was it, truly crazy. And I know I never got my hands on one until, you know, fairly recently. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I had the luxury because I am an art director. I had the luxury of actually like tasting the sandwich multiple times on food shoots, you know, to make sure that it actually <laughs> Was of quality, of course. Um, Gotta make sure it's not poisoned or anything. Yeah, exactly. That's what I. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, you're right. Like, I mean, all the stuff from like the Daily Show stuff you're talking about uh, was amazing. Um, all of that. It, it was just. It, it was a, a, a thing that, you know, we you only hope about uh, if you're in if you're on the creative side of advertising. If you're on any side of the advertising, 
uh, industry that that could actually happen. So agreed. It was it's something we never expected to happen just from a like I said, two word tweet. And the fact that it blew up like it did uh, was insane and fantastic and exhausting and all all those things kind of wrapped into one. So and all inexpensive too. I mean, I feel like the most successful advertising is when you're able to produce all this user generated content where you see all these people posting about it, sharing it, creating these unintentional branded experiences of Popeyes that you touched on. Um, so that's just so incredible to see. Uh, did you and your team get free Popeyes for life or what? <laughs> I wish Jack. I wish. <laughs> no, we got, we got free Popeyes on like when, whenever we were on set, uh, obviously we, 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 you know, in of course, all that styled all the time. We, we always, we always got told like, make sure you don't eat the Popeyes that has pins in it because they, <laughs> they have to put like, you know, like pretty much safety pins in it to hold it all together. Sure. Uh, but no, we, we did not sadly get that, but we def, definitely got our fill of Popeyes over the, you know, four years we worked on it and it was all delicious. And of course, when the sandwich came around, we're like, yep, this for life. How many do you think you put down or how oh, many did you put down in like, in like the year, year and a half span? Why are you going to embarrass me right now? <laughs> uh, man, I would probably want to know. I'd probably say in a year, I probably put down, man, 25. Wow. Oh my God. Easily. Every I, other week. Yeah. Oh my They're God. They're so good. They're so, I mean, Jack, look, if you had them. Oh yeah. Every time I've gone, they've been sold uh, out actually. Jack? Okay. They've been sold out. I love Popeyes. I love their chicken tenders, but I have not had the sandwich yet, but I definitely will. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go, go get you one. Cause it's, it's, it's very, it, it will, uh, yeah, it'll haunt your dreams. I promise you. <laughs> Is that your favorite item on the menu? Oh yeah. But I mean, I, I'm definitely a, a, a tenders guy for sure. Spicy mm-hmm. tenders guy. If it wasn't that it would be the, the spicy, uh, spicy sandwich. Uh, for sure. And got to get behind some Cajun fries as all. Oh, yeah. I, I, lo- I love that. Okay. Um, they're just, you know, it, it's it's hard to, to it, no matter how long a brand has been away from you, especially when you work that long on one, uh, it's very hard to turn away from something like a chicken sandwich with Popeyes. <laughs> so Totally. I think we've probably covered enough Popeyes for several lifetimes. Um, <laughs> And I, and I'm sure that following this, I will eat enough Popeyes for several lifetimes after this call. Um, solid, solid transition there, but we can kind of move into a healthier subject, um, with your work around avocados from Mexico and most notably kind of their Super Bowl spots from a while back. I was wondering if you could kind of touch on, you know, your work with that. I know that they've really been a bigger player around the Super Bowl, um, putting in 60 second spots, sometimes 30 second spots sometimes multiple in the same Super Bowl. Um, I know the accounts kind of come and gone, and I think it's back with with y'all now based on things that I've read. Could you kind of jump into what it's been like working with them and kind of how it is working with more of an ingredient, I guess, more so than like a necessary, like a, like a brand? I think, you know, one of the things that is funny to kind of call back to for, you know, the listeners is the fact that one of our first episodes with Jack and I, we we did a, a bowl review for college football. And one of the bowls was the um, Idaho potato fight hunger bowl or something. There was, what was it, Jack? It was, it was like, the I Idaho, think it was just the Idaho potato bowl. Yeah. And and it's I, sponsored I, by I, Idaho potatoes, which is a potato brand. And I didn't realize that Idaho potatoes was an actual brand, um, which I, I feel like I should have. Um, 
but I think avocados kind of fit into the same category where like avocado is an avocado. And I just kind of see when I'm at the store, I see like Haas avocado and I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just grab this. So can you kind of chat on the challenges with that and kind of how they went about their advertising and whatnot? I know that's the longest winded question of all time. <laughs> so wherever you want to go with it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's honestly a great question. It's so avocados from Mexico. Yes, we, we had, it's actually, it's a funny story. We had the um, just the the Super Bowl spots for a long time, um, and then a few years ago we decided like, well, we don't, you know, we really don't want to uh, just keep working just the Super Bowl. We want the whole account, um, and so we kind of resigned the 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 actual Super Bowl portion of it. But then a few years later, we got back in the mix, and now yes, you're correct. We actually do have the entire account. So if, years ago, what they they just wanted to get in the mix right for the Super Bowl because we all know like if you're at the Super Bowl party you're going to be you're somebody's going to have some some guacamole mm-hmm. and they wanted to be part of that conversation and uh so that's what we kind of did and what what is awesome about avocados from Mexico is it's a thing that I always call like the smith which is the single most important thing uh that you can say about a brand um so what can we say and they always come to the table with one thing because a lot of brands want to say three things, four things at one time. It's extremely hard to do that, right? So Avocado from Mexico, they have been very good about like, hey, for the first April spot, all I want to say is has been from Mexico from the beginning of time because the only brand of avocado that is year round is from Mexico. The ones from California, the ones from any place else, Mm -hmm. those are like seven months out of the year. They're not from Mexico. So that was the first year that we did this weirdo animal, like, you know, the first draft, we'll call it, you know, that's what it was called, the first draft ever. Where awesome animals, spot. They, oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, yeah, it's like where, you know, where the animals and other, you know, uh, products are being drafted by uh, different places in the world. Um, but the fact was, was that avocados always belong from Mexico because they're there year round. They're always ripe year round and they always deliver get delivered to the, the grocery store year round. So that's kind of where we started from. But like I said, every single year that we've worked with them, they've always brought like one singular idea they want to say, like, we're the good fat, we, you know, like stuff like that. Like no matter what it is, it's always been a, a singular idea that's easy to sell and easy to make a stupid, ridiculous ad around <laughs> that always is fun to play with, you know, during the Super Bowl. Definitely. Do you think that from a creative point of view that, kind of with when clients come with one with one point that they want to get out that that's easier for you or more difficult kind of because you, know, you really have to deliver on that one thing as opposed to multiple it's always easier for sure Luke yeah it's um I, I would hope that it's always the one thing because it's just easier for us to play in that sandbox so to speak and structure it and have a lot of avenues because when you're trying to have multiple messages around one, thing, it always gets more confusing. It always gets like, we, we spend more time talking about those two or three things than we do about the story that's in the advertising, whether it be TV, whether it be an activation, social, whatever it is. Uh, it's always easier for us to have the time to tell the story of what we're trying to do. And, in, and then also tell the story of the one thing we're trying to communicate um, and then bake it into the actual storytelling process. We're all, at the end of the day, we're all storytellers when it comes to advertising. 
And adding extra messages always gets a little difficult at the end of the day. But the one mm. message is a lot easier to be like, okay, I got it. Sure. I'm going to tell this story and I'm going to go figure it out. And that's, that's always much, much easier for us. Yeah. And, and that was definitely clear in the 2018 spot, how basically you showed how uh, avocados are more than just used for guac. Like you can use them for avocado toast and put them on other foods. I thought that spot was fantastic. And so kind of building off that, um, why is the Super Bowl uh, the right uh, spot for um, avocados from Mexico to average at? Because while obviously avocados, not many people, like kind of like Luke mentioned how it's an ingredient um, in our Super Bowl episode, we met, we mentioned how some of the big name brands, it might not make sense for them unless you're doing something completely out of the ordinary. So why was the Super Bowl the right way to um, really launch this whole, these ads? Well, and I think Jack, honestly, it's, it's like I said, it's more about like the fact that a lot of people, you know, around the Super Bowl are thinking about, you mm -hmm. know, it's snack time, it's, it's whatever, right? Like making guacamole, making these other True. things that people can put out on their table during, during a Super Bowl party that, but also it's, it's more just based around just getting eyes on it and letting mm -hmm. people understand that the avocados from Mexico is really what is there year round for them, no matter if it's Super Bowl or, or if it's, you know, October, whatever it is, like trying to make sure they understand, like it's always avocados from Mexico that is there ripe and ready for you in, in the storefront uh, is really what we were trying to communicate. Now, obviously, especially around the Super Bowl, it is more so, more so about that snackability. It's more so, mm -hmm. you know, making sure they understand like the avocados, especially around that time, you're going to be buying to make guac is them. Like, I don't even know, I don't even think like California avocados are available around the Super Bowl huh. time. I think it's always avocados yeah. from Mexico, if I remember correctly. So that's really what Whoa. it was. It was just, again, it's a reminder. Okay. It's an easy to like, like an easy to remember and easy to buy kind of thing mm -hmm. for them is always remembering that, Hey, if you're going to have a party at, at, at the Super Bowl and you're going to make guacamole, it's going to be avocados from Mexico because no other brands available right now. And that's wow. why they're delicious. That's why you want to use them. And that's why we make crazy ads with Chris Elliott and <laughs> all these other people uh, that, you know, that again, it's top of mind with people. Awesome. So now you've also, and you currently do a lot for Capital One. And so Capital One is a big player in March Madness. I believe they're a title sponsor. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but you've had these different March Madness campaigns Um leveraging talent such as Charles Barkley, Spike Lee, Samuel Jackson, just really diving into this, I guess, first and foremost, um, why, why does Capital One partner with March Madness? Is, is there a specific timing for them around March or the spring that um, helps it make sense? Or is it just because it's a big event? Or if you could just dive into that? I mean, Capital One, honestly, has always been in the sports world. Like they mm -hmm. love, they love, love, like NCAA, they love MLB, any of that kind of stuff. They're big. They're also, you know, part of like the Orange Bowl for, you know, for yep. college football, all that kind of stuff. They have always wanted to be in the sports world. And the NCAA for them is honestly, I mean, just transitioning over is pretty much their Super Bowl. Like they love the Final Four. They that mm -hmm. That is their bread and butter. And being able to work with people like, Samuel Jackson and, you know, Spike Lee directing and getting Charles Barkley involved too. Like, it's just an absolute, it's, it's a dream really when, when it comes to shooting with them and, uh, and writing scripts for them uh, and getting, getting all those guys involved. So 
really it's like they love the sports world they always want to be a part of it and they just kind of want to you know spread it across spread the love across a few different avenues when it comes to different ways into it so they they love it any interesting stories around kind of shooting oh. with them i don't know if you're on set but if you can share any kind of behind the scenes with those three i have to imagine it's pretty it's it's pretty you know raucous with you know spike lee directing and i assume they're all friends off set yeah, I'm on set right now with Spike Lee. He's about he's like, don't tell a single story. No, I'm kidding. He's <laughs> no, they're 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 all like three, like they're sweethearts. They really are. Chuck Charles Barkley is like the most amazing dude when it comes to, hey, I need you to do this again. Can you go? You know, can can we try this a few different ways? Absolutely. Sam, like you know, for as big of a star as that guy is, that guy is. He is willing to do pretty much, you know, whatever we ask of him or, or, or if he's got any, any changes in a script, having a conversation about them. And we kind of just roll with that. And then Spike, Spike is also a sweetheart as well. Uh, I'd never thought that, that that could be, you know, true from a Academy Award winning director, you know, that, that we're working with. But um, he is definitely an amazing dude. I mean, the only story that I can give you is that my partner, Lee, she was on set one day and she had this, this moment where she was, um, she was supposed to be kind of talking. We actually had Jennifer Garner on the set too. And she was trying to, trying to, to talk Jennifer Garner and Chuck and Sam through a scene. And she went back and sat in a director's chair <laughs> that was behind the camera. And she didn't realize that it was Spike Lee's chair and Spike walked up and kind of looked at her and, and she was like, okay, sorry. I didn't realize this was your chair. <laughs> But he was very sweet about it. It wasn't like a big thing, but it was just funny that that Lee sat down in, in Spike's chair and had to get up because, and she walked back to Video Village where we were all sitting and she was like, yeah, I just sat in Spike Lee's chair. <laughs> so That's awesome. So aside from this, just you being a creative, I mean, I'd love for you to kind of just shed light on, on your insights on, so Capital One is obviously a financial credit card banking loan organization. And so how do you build a brand for, you know, the financial industry? I mean, obviously they've tapped into this talent that we've just discussed, but like, what do you think works for credit card lines to really just ignite their, their um, brand to their audience? Yeah. That's a great question, Jack. I mean, I think that there's a lot that goes into it because, and we're in the process of a few things, obviously some, some things I cannot talk about quite yet, but sure. Um, but, you know, I think we're working on some things, again, we kind of talked about it earlier, where it's beyond the realm of TV, it's beyond the realm of traditional social and stuff like that. It's, it becomes more of a process of uh, working in the, in the activation, in the, in the engagement space, where we want our, our customer, our viewer to feel like, again, they are part of the process, feel like they are part... They're, they're part of the brand and that the brand gets them. So I think the best way for somebody like a banking institution, which is very hard, right? It's, it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a weird brand to be a part of as far as trying to get people to be engaged with because there's a lot of brand of bank brands out there. There's a lot that feel cold and stagnant and they, they don't feel like they're, they actually want to be inviting to customers. Whereas Capital One, as we're working with them, we are trying to make sure that doesn't feel like that way, right? They've already got a good brand out there. They've already got, like, like we just talked about, when you've got celebs like Chuck and Sam Jackson and Jennifer Garner and Spike Lee and all those people, it's, uh, it's, it feels already different than other brands that are out there. We think we can keep pushing the envelope 
as far as what we want to put out there as, you know, an engagement thing, an activation thing, um, so that people are like, hey, did you see what Capital One did? You know, did you see, I, I want to share this on social about what Capital One is putting out there in the world. We always talk about, you know, there is, there is seats on a subway when it comes to advertising. And once you find your seat, that's it. Like you got to find it, right? So right now, the seat on the subway of activation, feeling endearing to a brand, feeling like being engaging with a brand in the banking world hasn't been achieved yet. And Capital One is going to do that. They can do that. And that's what we're working toward with them and getting into more of that activation-y engagement thing beyond traditional advertising. That's awesome to hear. I mean, it's it's interesting to hear, you know, the transition or, you know, the transformation, I guess, of a brand that from the outside looking in, you know, any sort of like kind of creative spin I don't mean this in any sort of insulting way. It seems like it would be, you know, more corny than anything else because it's, you know, a credit card brand. Like, what can you possibly say that isn't, you know, preachy or whatnot? Like, sign up for our credit card. But it really is, you know, I think the three, you know, that you mentioned, Samuel Jackson, you know, Spike Lee and Charles Barkley really do a great job of kind of enveloping a voice that can appeal to people and kind of make it more than just the brand that it is and in the space that it is. So it's really awesome to see how it's transcended, you know, kind of the space that it's in and become this bigger thing. So I guess I'll transition out of creative work and whatnot. Um, but before I do, the one question I have is, and you can take this any way that you like, what is your dream brand to work on? And, you know, you can take this any way you like, if you want to, you know, take it from, you want to completely shake up their messaging. You think that, you know, you could transform, you know, how like Under Armour is doing something and you could make it so much better. Or if it's something like, I really want to be a part of like Apple and what they're doing or something. I, I, the reason why Apple comes into my head is I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how they had this revolving door of kind of creatives when the Mac versus PC campaign was going on. So, you know, and people just kind of want to be a part of it. So I guess I'm curious um, on your take with that. God, Luke, with the hard questions. Um, but you're no. on the spot. <laughs> no, it's a great question. I mean, look, like, honestly, um, I'm a big sports fan. I would always love to like work like on ESPN. First of all, I know y'all are Cubs fans. I'm a Sox mm -hmm. fan from Die Hard way back. Oh, so really? Actually, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Frank Thomas. Oh, days. Oh yeah. Way back. Yeah. Wait, wait, how did you become a Sox fan? I, I grew up, I, I don't know. I, I grew up with Frank Thomas and okay. on TV and I just became a Sox fan. I mean, I'm not as, I, I love the Sox, uh, in general. I, I mean, I grew up more of an Atlanta fan growing, growing up in Alabama. So okay. I, I was a, a many more Braves fans. I've only been to like one white Sox game ever in my life, but, uh, oh, but one is enough. One is enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Come to the north side. One's enough on the south side. You don't need to go back there. You don't want to take a trip to guaranteed rate field. <laughs> See, I almost got beat up in uh, that. Is it Miller's Pub? Miller's Pub next to the Palmer House Hotel. Y'all ever been there? I haven't been I there, so. but I sounds familiar. I know the Palmer House. Yeah, it, yeah. That's where I met my wife. It was uh, it, wow. It was and we went to Miller's Pub afterwards, and that's a huge Cubs bar. So I almost got beat up there. It was, it was fun. <laughs> but anyway, um, but no. I mean, back to your back to your question. Um, you know, I think. I would, as a sports fan, I would, I would always love to work on like an ESPN or, you know, an, an, any like major sports brand would be great, but I'm honestly, and this is, this is not just because I work at GSC and or anything like that, but I'm excited to see what I can do. Like y'all said about what we can do in the world of something like a capital one, 
you know, like what, what can be fun? What can we get people engaged with that you would never think would be possible, you know, when you think about banking, like that, that's really where my brain is right now. Um, so I really want to keep pushing on, on where we are as an, excuse me, as an agency and where we are on certain brands and see what we can get. But I think there's, you know, a, a good future where we can figure out and have fun with things like, you know, bank, the banking world or any other other clients. We, you know, we have not, it's not a Popeye's, we have Tyson's chicken. Like what can we do with, with frozen chicken, you know, stuff like that, you know, or Southwest airlines. So, um, there's a lot going on where, where we are, but yeah, I mean, like I said, if I could ever work on the ESPN, if I could ever work on a major league brand, as far as sports, I would jump at the chance. Um, but I also love where we're heading with like a capital one for sure. Great. So again, appreciate this. This has been great. Uh, we have our final, uh, segment here, which is our backer smack. Uh, so basically you can do this from your own um, personal stance on these brands, but then you could also add in your perspective, like from a marketing or creative lens. So we'll basically read off two brands and then you'll have to back one that you support and smack the other. Oh boy. Here we go. I like it. I guess we'll start with Starbucks or Duncan. Oh man. Um, I probably go Starbucks. Um, I, I've just never been a great lover of, I mean, straight up, like just never been a great lover of Duncan's coffee. I know I'm going to get so much crap for that for sure. But, um, but yeah, I'd probably go Starbucks and also just because, you know, of, of the branding as it is and the, and just in general, you know, like the, the benefits they give their, their employees and things like that. But yeah, I'd probably go Starbucks over, over Duncan, just based off of taste and branding alone. If you had to, if you had to pick, I'll throw another one in there. If you had to pick like an alternative coffee chain or something else, what would you pick out of that? If you have a, like a local one that's, or a non Starbucks Duncan. Well, okay. So I also drink chicory coffee, Luke. So, uh, it is, um, like something like a, I don't know if y'all ever hung out in new Orleans at all, but, uh, cafe du Mont, uh, it's, okay. it was like a root that it was like, it's like half coffee, half, half root. Uh, but community oh. coffee is something that I drink okay. every morning. It's, it, that's the brand community coffee, but that's probably my, my go-to, but if, if it was an actual brand brand, man, um, here in Austin, I'm trying to think of, Oh, actually revelator coffee is also one that is fantastic. That would be my other go-to. Um, I really don't hit up coffee shops a lot. I don't know why I, I, I don't, but, uh, but if I, like I said, if I had to, if I had to choose one between Starbucks and, and Duncan, I'd probably go Starbucks. So I will transition to the next one. I think we'll get into the more poignant ones next. The next one is Nike versus Adidas. Uh, Nike all the way, no question. Nike for me has been for years the number one uh, advertiser I have ever turned toward. Like it is, uh, and I, if we have time, huh. I, I can tell y'all why, but um, yeah. Go Hit us with it. it. Go for it. Yeah, so, I mean, every single campaign Nike has ever put out, I've, I've never had question with, I guess, is what I'll say. Anything from, if y'all remember, you know, the, um, the uh, Find Your Greatness campaign, where it was the, you know, sort of the overweight kid just running toward camera for 30 seconds and then nothing, right? All you hear is his feet on the ground, him breathing, and then at the end, a tagline of find your greatness. It's like, 
fuck, that's so good. <laughs> like that, that campaign is like, oh my God, that right, the right, the future, another campaign. I mean, I, the reason why I got into advertising, one of the ads that made me want to get in this business was from Nike, which was wow. the original Air Jordan uh, ad, which is based off of what we do, you know, day in and day out, Lee and I do day in and day out, which is the lateral thinking process where the brief for the original Air Jordan was, hey, this Air Jordan will, will help you jump higher, right? That was the yeah. original. And so if you're thinking about the lateral process of that, the next thing was, well, okay, so if you're saying that I can jump higher, what you're saying is that I spend more time in the air, okay? So then you move, again, laterally to the other side. So what you're saying is that I kind of defy gravity when it comes to staying in the air longer, hanging in the air. And so what was the ad, the original Air Jordan ad? It was Michael Jordan dunking a ball and it said, Michael Jordan two, Isaac Newton zero. And yeah. that alone was like, God, like that is the ad. Like yeah. every advertising piece should be that simple. Like that is so brilliant. And again, it, it kind of relates back to what I was talking before. It gives room for the, for the consumer to get it. Like, oh wait, who's I, oh wait, he defined grad. That's right, I get it. And then they feel like, like part of the brand. So mm -hmm. Nike has never failed when it comes to stuff like this, anything from Tiger Woods, anything to all the way to the Colin Kaepernick stuff of late, like it is 100% the best. Now, obviously Adidas has done a lot with partnerships with you know Kanye West and whatever, but as far as advertising alone and personally comfort of shoe, <laughs> for me, Nike it is. Gotcha, yeah, that, uh, the Isaac Newton, Jordan, that's one of the most famous ads of all time. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that honestly is like, and it, but like I said, it is, it is so simple and still mm -hmm. leaves room for the consumer to be a part of the ad. That's what advertising is about. Definitely. Those definitely weren't comfortable though. Those ones are not comfortable. <laughs> I don't know if you're a sneaker guy, but those are not comfortable. Oh, I, no, I, I mean, I have like seven pairs of Nike freeze. Like I only wear freeze pretty much, but okay. yeah. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Freeze are super comfortable, yeah. but all right, this might be. Might be super easy, might be tough. I'm interested to hear what you're gonna say. So I'm saying the Rebels or the Longhorns, oh, Ole Miss oh, or Texas. Oh, Jack. Uh, no, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Rebel for sure, all nice. the way. I, mean, I you know went to both, but if it came down to it, it would have to be the Ole Miss Rebels, you know, all the way. I love living in Austin. I love being a Longhorn too, um, but you know my I. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm from many generations of, um, of Ole Miss Rebels. So oh, wow. I gotta give it up to the, to, to Ole Miss first, but then a very close second, of course, in my heart is, is for sure the Longhorns in Texas and love Austin, love this place to death. So I will say, so Luke and I went to university of Illinois. I'm on the line I through and through, but yeah. when Illinois has been struggling in football, I actually tapped into rooting for the Rebels and the Longhorns. <laughs> So I thought it was just incredible that you attended both those universities because I do enjoy watching uh, both their football programs. That's amazing. Like, honestly, like, you know, whenever y'all, if you, if you, if y'all ever want to come down for a, for a Texas game, just bring your sunscreen. The hottest I've yeah. ever been in my life has been oh. a 110 degree weather uh, football game, but in Texas, but it's, it's always fun. Yeah. In Austin. Totally. 
I got to say, I got to get your creative lens in this. I love the Ole Miss uniforms. I know they did something new for the bowl game this year, but I love the powder blue helmets and jerseys. Uh, curious your your take on those. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, actually, the, the color, the, the, the powder blue helmets came from the 60s and the 70s when um, mm-hmm. and Eli's dad, Archie Manning, played at Ole Miss. And so I, I, in recent years, we've decided to bring it back. Now, we used to just have the, the powder blue helmets, but last year- uh, our well, They did the white ones, yeah, right? Yeah, we had the white With- ones too. And, uh, and for some, but yeah, but all of a sudden, you know, Lane Kiffin is now our, our coach and he's, you know, if there's never been a more outspoken college coach, it, I, I can't, I don't know <laughs> totally. who he is, you know, on Twitter, he, is, he blows up all the time. But he decided to also bring in powder blue jerseys. So now, now mm-hmm. we have powder blue jerseys. We have powder, powder blue uh, helmets. So um, I love it. And, and honestly, it's great for recruiting. It's, we kind of have become sort of like the Oregon of the South a little bit, where we've got mm-hmm. so many different uniforms that recruits are like, man, I want to go wear that powder blue jersey. And it helps a lot with recruiting. So I yeah, like with the SEC, I feel like they really stick with the traditional uniforms, pretty basic. And Ole Miss has tapped into what you just said. What, what's your stance on Lane? Do you like him? You think he can, I, can do it? Like yeah, no, I, I like him a lot. I think that um, I'm just waiting any day for him now to say I'm leaving, going someplace else because he is yeah. such a good coach. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, that's the thing, Jack, it's like, you know, in the SEC, it's like when you when you're competing against an, L, an LSU or an Alabama or a Texas A&M or whoever or Georgia, obviously, you know, like you got to have something for a little bit of flash, mm-hmm. something that is, let's be honest, advertising for the for, for yeah, hundred percent. You know, that's what we got to do. So we're we're gonna make powder blue jerseys and and hope uh, kids want to come and, and play for us. So, uh, but it, no, it's it's definitely hard. But yeah, I I, I like Lane a lot, but I, I definitely do not think that he's going to be at Ole Miss forever I think he's mm-hmm. going to get on you know pretty soon so is he the Popeyes of the SEC <laughs> honestly Jack I like that I, do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would say yes he is look at that yeah um, there we go well, he's definitely the one that would tweet back y'all good he would <laughs> exactly or, or Tom Tom Herman had the okay cool hook em yeah. tweet yeah, he would tweet back at Nick Saban, y'all good. <laughs> exactly. I love that reference. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we were actually, Jack and I were actually both down in Dallas, my senior year of college and Jack's first year out in the industry to see the Big 12 championship that year at Jerry World, which was Oklahoma, Texas, which I think Oklahoma won if yeah, I'm not mistaken, but it was, yeah. it was awesome to see. I, I mean, we didn't really get the heat, but seeing that quality of football was, you know, something that you, you know, you don't get it. <laughs> as much as it pains me to say, you don't, you don't get it. Illinois. Yeah. Um, but you gotta be pumped that UT joined in the sec. So you'll get a couple matchups every it's, once in a while. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. I mean, now, I mean, obviously for a long time, A&M has been, you know, wanting to have the rematch with Texas, yep. you know, year to year, no matter what it is. And mm-hmm. finally they're going to get it. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be very strange to see Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC with all like, it's, it, it'll be, it'll be, see, it'll be strange to see how we all kind of divide it up, but yep. you know what, if, if it works better for the conference, great. Um, but yeah, it's going to be strange. Money wise. I don't think anyone loses uh, except for the big 12. <laughs> well, well, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> 
all the money is going to be draining to the SEC now. Like, yeah. I will move into the next one. Um, I know from doing my research, kind of going through the about on your website, you mentioned on there, or, you know, it mentions on there that you're a huge sports guy. So I guess this is really a four pronged one, but I guess back or smack, 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 or back, back, smack, smack, you know, however many you want to back. Um, but you got to smack, let's say two out of the four, um, the NFL, the MLB, NBA, and the NHL. If you want to pick like individual teams from each, that's fine by me too. Um, doesn't have to be like working for the league. So, um, what are your thoughts with the major four? Man. Okay. Luke with the hard questions again. Uh, I would, I mean, you know, I'm not, I mean, I do, I do watch the NHL. I don't watch it a lot. Um, I, you know, I probably, if you had to, if, if I had to go with a, a team to be the Nash predators, uh, would be my NHL team, but I don't watch them a lot. So I'd probably smack them over the sides, back smack the NHL over the side. Um, out of the and, and I mean NFL would be number one for me as far as you know out of all that um and then man at MLB and NBA it's tough uh, it's tough it's the real old tough. guard versus the new you know the yeah. new brethren yeah I don't like I you know I, I probably have to go I'm mean, I can't believe I'm gonna say this might have to smack MLB and go with okay. NBA as far as like it's just more wow. exciting I mean, I, through and through, I'm a college college football guy. Okay. What? And sure. so okay. that's number one for sure. Um, but, you know, as far as excitement, I, you know, I love the MLB, but it's also like I can go sit in the, in the top of the stands and eat a hot dog and take a, take a nap if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, 100%. Not at the NBA, right? Like, I mean, this, this whole, this finals right now is, it's crazy, but. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say those two. And I hate that you asked that question. I'm like, man, now I <laughs> <laughs> only the good stuff, the yeah. good stuff's hard. So, yeah. All right. So moving on here, domestic beer versus craft or IPA type beer. Oh, man. And any brands I, in particular. Uh, so, okay. It, it, I mean, I think it depends on the day, Jack, but I mean, if I had to choose one, I'd probably go IPA, like a voodoo Ranger is probably my favorite, like like beer to go to i you know i love that granted if i'm eating food i don't want an ipa because you can't taste your food at, at that point um <laughs> yeah. yeah usually it's probably like a, like a voodoo ranger ipa or like a lagunitas ipa that's probably my go-to mm-hmm. if it was like you know a beach day or whatever it would be, <laughs> it would be you know uh I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the the land shark i mean if i need to give jimmy buffett any more of my money that's what i would do is buy his buy his <laughs> Any beer brands in particular that you back from like an advertising marketing lens? I mean, there, there are only a few that really, you know, stand out outside of the whole, you know, like here are like 15 dudes having a good time at a party. Yeah. I think Coors is doing, has been doing a good job, right. Of late of the, like, it's the shower beer, right. It's the, it's the, the beer, it's the breakfast beer you make while you're, while you you and your buddy are watching a soccer match. Like Mm -hmm. that's, great advertising because because you know what it's the truth <laughs> you know what i mean like that's the best part about that advertising is the fact that they get they're they're not scared to talk about what what coors beer is or what it actually means when you actually have one it is about those moments and that's great you know so i'd say coors is definitely the one as far as an advertiser that's doing amazing work right now I, i've seen the clydesdales enough i think so. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, Luke and I discussed that on our Super Bowl podcast, actually. Yeah. No more puppies in Clydesdale. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Agree. 
we really want to thank you so much for coming on. We had a blast. We hope you did as well. This has been awesome, you know, hearing insight into the Popeyes campaign and into, you know, other big Super Bowl campaigns and big events and whatnot. It was unreal to hear about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, before we go, um, the final segment, shameless plug show, where, you know, as the name would suggest, we'll let you plug whatever you want. Um, be it personal or brand socials, any sort of random passion project you have, you know, if you brew your own beer, if you've got a blog or anything, whether it's your Venmo, really whatever you want to plug to the audience, you have the floor. Man, okay. Well, I mean, I guess the main one would be, I don't know know if y'all have heard of it, but I love to plug the Chicago White Sox. They're uh, they're, they're, they're a great team. And Oh. <laughs> what are you guys 500 Go white socks go white socks oh yeah uh no honestly i mean on like plugging y'all like y'all thank y'all so much for for having this like for having this podcast like keep keep it going keep keep doing what you're doing because it's great it's great to get the word out there for people that you know obviously like there's a lot of people that don't even understand what we do for a living right mm-hmm. um, and so it's great for for people like like y'all like you know to to come out and get people involved and understand what this business is all about so plugging y'all saying like keep doing what you're doing like that's awesome like thank you all so much for having me likewise yeah thank you so much for coming on this is great you've been a great guest and definitely looking to continue to follow your work awesome thank you jack thank you luke thank yeah, you yeah thank you thank you so much